Hi, welcome to Jason and the Movie Knots. This week, Carlos Rodella joins me to discuss Willy's Wonderland starring Nicolas Cage. As part of the conversation, we talk about the movie a lot, and I think it's an interesting 35-minute conversation. We also move on to talk about independent film in general in the time of COVID, as well as a lot of other interesting tangents. I think you will enjoy it. Warning, there are spoilers, so if you haven't seen the movie yet, watch it first and then listen to the pod. I think you will enjoy the pod and the movie. The show starts in just a moment. Hi, welcome to the Jason and the Movie Knots podcast. I'm Jason Sachs. I host this podcast as well as Classic Comics Cavalcade. I am Carl Sardella, and I host the So Video Games podcast with my buddy Brad Galloway. You should check that out. I'm also on YouTube and do youtube.com slash a lot of things. Many videos. And we are talking today about Willy's Wonderland, directed by Kevin Lewis, starring Nicolas Cage, Emily Tosta, Beth Grant as the sheriff, Rick Wrights as Tex, and a few other people who you may or may not know. This is a really fun indie film, another crazy Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, Nicolas Cage is back. He's a little nuts like he is, and he can be. But at the same time, it feels indie right? Like the whole movie is an indie film. It's totally an indie kind of horror movie. Yeah. And the, the low budget and the indie feel of it kind of really fits the movie, I think, because it, the claustrophobia of the, of the set just totally fits what they're trying to accomplish in this movie. And it works for it. Yeah. And he's just coming off of a few different, you know, Nicolas Cage is crazy. He'll do like any movie you put in front of him, it seems like. And sometimes um, to great success and sometimes not so much. But this one I thought was really good. And, and let's just frame it for the, our listeners. Uh, I've been waiting for this for a while because they released a trailer, I think, a year or two ago. And it was just him beating up animatronic animals <laughs> and fake blood going everywhere. And I was like, yeah, sign me up. Did you ever see the trailer? Did that get you excited or did you just hear about it through me? I just heard about it through you, but that was the part I loved from the very first robot he beats up or the animatronic creature he beats up and you see the, the grease and the black shit all over <laughs> his body and stuff uh, as if it's blood. It's just so fun. Yeah. So the, the, the movie takes place at like um, a Chuck E. Cheese's or something. Uh, there's a couple of these around the country. I don't know if any of them are still open. If they are, they're probably totally different than when uh, they used to be when I grew up. Because I, I went to those places. Didn't you go to Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, and I did a lot of kids' birthday parties there. So, oh. and, and there were so many times I wanted to freaking beat up those things. I got <laughs> yeah. so sick of that stupid rat and his annoying friends. And they would not shut up. And they played that awful music. The worst part was the pizza was terrible. Oh, the pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. That's like the last thing I think on their mind. They were like trying to like clean the ball pit. Uh, the, but let me, let, let's go back to that, the plot. Again, it's Nicolas Cage, indie film. It, there's really no real plot, but there's kind of an underlying kind of sinister plot that we'll get to. But essentially, he's just driving his car real fast. Nicolas Cage hits these spikes. His tires go out. He gets stuck in a small town. The small town says, we'll fix your car. You just got to go clean this place, which is an old Chuck E. Cheese's. And that's it. And he's like, okay, I guess. But by the way, the whole movie, he doesn't speak. 
So he doesn't say, okay, he just kind of nods and, and kind of goes in and decides to clean this place for them, which is this creepy Chuck E. Cheese's. Which is literally possessed by the devil, or at least by a bunch of serial killers. Well, spoiler, you jumped to the ending already. Well, does it matter? In a movie like this, does it matter? Honestly? like It is a pretty short movie. Ever. Yeah. And hell, you know, you spend the money to watch him be the robots and shit. Okay, so yeah, we'll just jump to the ending. Essentially, <laughs> that's that's what it is. This place is possessed, and they basically... Um, by the way, did the beginning of this episodes of these movie podcasts you do, do you say spoiler warning? I'll put a spoiler warning at the beginning, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, essentially, they are tricking people and, and sending them into, in quotes, clean the place. But they know they are actually trying to feed these machines uh basically human souls or you know people and that's cre- crazy but like you said and i think is amazing the very first time that he sees this evil animatronic thing he just destroys it did you see that coming by the way i had no idea that was coming i did never he, saw that coming because it's a horror movie and you go like oh okay well he's gonna have to run, a run away from them it's gonna get scary but mm-hmm. no all he does is he just sees one and then beats the crap out of it and doesn't even say anything. Yeah, because he doesn't talk the whole movie. So he just goes into killing mode. Right, well, I I love how first it starts out and he's just cleaning. And like they say, you gotta clean up. So he's cleaning everywhere he goes, right? He's got his squirt bottles out, he's Nicolas Cage and he's gonna clean better than anybody else because he's Nicolas Cage, he's gonna be possessed with the cleaning spirit, right? Yeah. And then you see these little things out of the corner of your eye of the animatronic things waking up. And of course they are, right? Of course they are because it's a horror movie and that's what's going to happen in the background, which I thought was just so great because it's like such a classic horror movie cliche, but done in such a fun way. And then one starts attacking him and that's, that's where like we really see Nicolas Cage become Nicolas Cage. And a lot of the questions I have about him start to really come out because there's so much mystery about this guy because we never know a single thing about him. Yeah. Yeah. Because he doesn't say anything. Because he never says a single thing. Right. Yeah. So What's interesting is... Know anything about him is like his facial gestures and his attitude towards the kids who want to burn down this old pizza restaurant. Yeah. Let's introduce the other characters. With, with Liv, played by Emily Tosta, who's a, a very interestingly named person. Oh, Liv? live yeah oh yeah he had to live survive her name could have been survive yeah the other cast of characters in this is basically your your run-of-the-mill horror movie right like the teenagers who decide to you know go in and try to do something good but and end up getting stuck inside because they don't want this place to be around and again this is what's really interesting about this horror movie it throws a lot of tropes and flips them around on you it means the main protagonist isn't afraid so nicholas cage is nicholas cage and he's straight up Nicolas Cage, the actor, you know, it's like, that's who he is. And that's funny to us. And like you said, he just cleans and then he kills robots and that's it. And then the teenagers, typical fashion where they're like, they get stuck in there and they do typical things like have sex, totally horror movie stuff. But before that, they know about the monsters. So it's not like they're being surprised, you know, they're like, no, they, like you said, they actually want to burn it down, which I think is interesting that, yeah, that flip on that, you know. They try and save the Nicolas Cage character too. 
yeah, they want to go in there and be like, hey, let's get them out of there because we know how bad this place is. By the way, this whole time that we're talking about the movie and as you're watching it, uh, or you've probably already watched it if you're listening to this because this is a spoiler uh, show, but it felt like killer clowns from outer space or like, you know, some of these in-between movies where they're, you know they're indie, but they have a lot of special effects going on and like a lot of practical effects. Mm-hmm. So it felt like a blast from the past for me. It was all practical effects as far as I could tell. They did a couple things. They did a couple CG stuff with the when the animatronic guys died and things flipped around. I was I had a keen yeah, eye to that. Okay. Yeah, but very the, few. Yeah, the very end where the stuff falls from the ceiling, you could tell like the confetti was seemed like a CGI because it didn't actually hit anything. But like so much of it was practical effects and they really yeah. did feel like a throwback. Yeah, it felt like a throwback. And then we didn't even mention this, but there's obviously, it feels like um, the video game Five Nights at Freddy's, which is a very popular game where these animatronic things scare you and you basically have to go around looking at, through different cameras and being scared by them and do something. But that's like, again, a scary type take on this. And this is just a cult movie, right? It feels the whole way through like it's a cult movie. Yeah. Yeah. From, from the kind of nasty sheriff who who doesn't care about these people, who makes a deal with the devil, literally makes a deal with the devil to keep these creatures inside this building uh, to these kids who just are stupid, literally just the stupidest kids from like any other horror movie, to Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage, playing Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Very kind of strange version of Nicolas Cage. Although Liv isn't too stupid. Culty. Sorry, Liv, Liv isn't too stupid though. The main, main main actress, main character. No. Let's talk some more about Five Nights at Freddy's because I don't know that game at all. But a lot of people have, have been saying it's Nicolas Cage at Five Nights at and Freddy's with a, maybe a burst of cocaine or something attached to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know because, I mean, that game, again, like I said, is a scary game. And you're supposed to just like look through these, these different cameras and you get scared or startled by these animatronics that are in this building you're in and you're trying to like you know complete tasks and stuff and it's it's more of a fright fest you know like a a shocker and and there's a lot of places online that are you know very specifically saying to people before you watch this movie it's not that license you know like this is not licensed by five nights at freddy's it's not part of that thing or that world it just happened to be something that came together that nicholas cage said yes to uh and we'll talk about it a little after the movie about how he got it produced. But yeah, it's essentially just Chuck E. Cheese's, you know, that kind of thing. But like you said, with the satanic part, I, I didn't need it to be satanic, by the way. It could have just been like, I don't know, possessed something. But th- like you said, they they threw to the, at the end of it, they go, oh no, it was actually because they did some sort of satanic cult and they, you know, gave their spirits over to the devil. I was like, does it have to be the devil? That's part of what made it feel like a cult movie to me, which is that it kind of didn't matter. It didn't matter. You're right. It didn't. It felt like it was just this, this idea of throwing it on there to just to give it like, because otherwise you'd be sitting there saying, well, they never quite explained what happened. Why? This Although they happened. never explained a lot of things though. So, you know, like they didn't explain Nicolas Cage. So I really want to talk about Nicolas Cage. What do you think he, who do you think he is in this movie? Is he like... So the, if there's Satanist, then is he someone sent from heaven or another world to fight interesting. them? Interesting. I that's an interesting take. In early day, in the early parts of me watching the movie, 
I was thinking he was an animatronic. Uh-huh. You know, like, because he was just so mechanical about everything. And remember in the very beginning, the guy says, you, you have to make sure, this is such a Nicolas Cage thing. The guy at the beginning says, go clean this place, but make sure to take your breaks. And so this whole movie, he takes breaks and he plays pinball and drinks his soda. And then he goes back and kills robots. But what's really interesting is he has to do that. And yeah. even the, in the, at the peril of other people dying, like people die in this movie because Nicolas Cage had to go on a break. Now that's not a human being. That's like, he feels like a robot. Yeah, I love how his watch beeps and then he has to go off. And no matter what happens, no matter yep. who's in peril, and at one point lives in peril, he just leaves a knife and goes running away to, to drink his soda. Yeah, he's like, good luck. <laughs> I didn't yeah. think about him being another animatronic creature. That's, that's that's interesting. I mean, your idea about him being an angel is also awesome because, you know, angel, devil, you know, it could be that too. But he's something different. He's obviously something different. Why does he have to power up? That's what I kept getting stuck in. And he plays he, he plays a video, he plays the the pinball game rather. I think just because he needs to kill a, a few minutes to let it sink into his blood system or something. Yeah, why well, it seems like the soda's over the top, but we also could be thinking into it too much because it could just be Nicolas Cage writing it down or the buddy, you know, he the guy who wrote it. Who it's not the um, who wrote it, not, not the, the director. director. The director wrote, produced, and and uh, did all the work on it, basically. What was his name again? Kevin Lewis. I think he, yeah, him and Nick probably just sat in a room and I would imagine like worked on it because a lot of the stuff is just like, feels like what he would, Nick Nicholas Cage would want to do, you know, like dance mm -hmm. at, a, at a pinball thing. And at the very end, he's like really getting into it. So we could be reading into it. It could just be him being him. I think they want us to kind of try and read into it. It's supposed to be a mystery we take away from it. Another yeah. thing that makes it more of a cult film, you know? Yeah. No, I like it. I mean, again, it was short. It was pretty short, I think. Yeah, it's not still like an indie movie too. It's like 85 minutes or something. Yeah. Oh, can we talk about for two seconds, Beth Grant? She is amazing in everything she does. Um, she, yeah, you said a lot of the cast are first timers or you might have not seen them in anything. Uh, Emily Tost has been in a bunch of stuff. I've never seen any of it, but I looked her up. Um, she has amazing eyes. Uh, just putting that out there. And you know, the whole time, by the way, I thought she reminded me of, of no one more than, than AOC. Oh, interesting. She, has AO, she had AOC's big eyes and her hair to me. But yeah, it was their eyes were definitely mesmerizing. Um, yeah, Beth Grant is like an amazing that character all the time and she's, she's like all kinds of things I everything she's been in everything like 1000 films or something and and tv shows she's always popping up and she's great at what she does so she's really good in this and a relatively small part but you kind of like her and hate her at the same time oh yeah she's a veteran like she's the only other veteran besides nick cage in this movie the rest of them are like you know i mean i guess Emily has a lot of credit, but I don't know. I haven't seen any of her stuff, but yeah, she's, Beth has been on the Mindy Project, The Office, Grey's Anatomy, uh, Modern Family, American Data Voice. Gee, I mean, look how long that list goes. The list goes on forever. And she did. She was in Donnie Darko, Speed, 
and No Country for Old Men and Little Miss Sunshine. Wow. Oh, Little Miss Sunshine. That makes sense. That's a good movie. Um, I, I did write down Donnie Darko because uh, one of my favorite films of all time. Have we ever talked about it? Yeah, I know you love it in part because it's like this great existential movie. That too. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, she's in that and she has a great part in that as well. So yeah, I would say um, this movie's weird. It's a cult film. It's an indie film. Uh, let's quickly talk about the production of it and how it even got made, which I think is a good tangent for like kind of new indies is this was made by Saturn Films. Uh, Landmark as well. I guess Landmark gave them some money. It says Landmark Entertainment as part of it. But Saturn Films, I did the research and it's Nicolas Cage's production company that not many people talk about, but he's produced a lot of stuff with. Really? Yeah, like a bunch of different movies. Uh, I'm sure he's got, you know, movies are a culmination of people throwing money at a project, but he's probably put up a lot of his own part of as part of this company, it seems like including things like, I think even Wicker Man. And I mean, he just has a new movie called Jiu-Jitsu where he's like a Kung Fu something. You know, a lot of these weird movies that might not normally get made, he's probably throwing money at, as it sounds like, you know, with this Saturn uh, production company. But I, I just thought it'd be interesting, quick topic on like these, these bigger indies, you know, that are getting more light of day. Because back in the day when we were uh, at video stores, because we're of the older generation i'll just say that for myself <laughs> yeah um there was things called straight to dvd so movies would go straight to dvd and wouldn't hit the theaters we have that now but it's like on demand and it seems like now might be a better time for that kind of movie to get some attention because we're all stuck at home we're looking for something uh -huh. different you know we don't need the the big movies on hbo max or whatever we're done with Denzel Washington. We're done with Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great, Although, great chance to watch the indie, the fun new indie movies. Real quick tangent. We are done with all that stuff, but I'm still going to watch Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League. I'm going to watch all of them. Yeah. Because, you know, what else am I going to do with myself? And also, like, I kind of like being part of the zeitgeist. I like that the stuff is easier to get than before. But I know you're a big fan of, of indie movies. And you, you're always talking about how you're discovering not just uh, dramas or comedies, but also documentaries. Oh, yeah, there's so many out. And they definitely are like huge for going right to digital or video on demand. You know, what's interesting is when I used to have, um, I just got the PlayStation 5 a little while ago. The PlayStation 4, its operating system is different right? The, the, the menus and stuff that one had the, in the store, the digital store for movies, they had all the indie movies just come up. Like oh. it was just like a service, like you remember voodoo's still around, right? Like those mm -hmm. kind of services. And I like, I thought that was great. And PS5, they got rid of it and they just made you go to different siloed locations, you know, like uh, go to Amazon. Go to, but I like the idea of still, I guess voodoo's the only one maybe around, but of like one, website where you can go like hey what what came out on digital you know like this week or this month and it could be everything from the prestige movie down to something that costs somebody fifty thousand dollars to make right because that's where i found like you're saying i found a lot of these new indies on demand but it's like where do you find them some through amazon prime if you scroll down further into the categories or i guess voodoo 
And um, but yeah, there's a lot being made. It's like the equivalent of going to the fifth page of your Google results to get something real. I mean, how many people are actually going to do that? Mm -hmm. But you found a few good things that you we were talking about uh, a couple of documentaries you were you really were interested in. That you oh yeah, the, the the one that I just saw. Well, what's the one I just saw? Oh, there was one that I didn't like, which I don't want to talk about in the show. Well, I, I will. I'll say it really quickly. It's a podcast. We can go off on tangents. I know, but I don't want to give it any credit. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, 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 the documentary I don't think you should watch is called The Glitch in the Matrix because I was excited for it. It's like you said, one of these new on-demand documentaries, which there's tons that I do like. Um, this one's about simulation theory, which I wanted to talk to you about as well. And I was excited for you to watch it and us to watch it and talk about it on this podcast, but it goes a really bad route. Like they take a lot of just random stories from people, which is never like you want a little more science in your simulation theory. And also at some point they go into like this really dark story of like this bad murder thing that happened. And I was like, why are they doing this? This is supposed to be about like evolving your brain, thinking outside the box and it gets way too dark. And then they try to come back from it and they never recover because all you can think of is it's like this terrible story they talked about, which I won't repeat, but no one watched the glitch of the matrix. <laughs> Instead, go to YouTube and search simulation theory, and then just watch a documentary there because it was really, really disappointing. You were, you were so excited about that and totally your interest too. I know. I found another one I sent you and I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was on YouTube. Uh, you can find a lot of movies, not just for rental, but just on YouTube, full movies. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of great stuff there. But hopefully another documentary will come out about simulation theory that I, we can talk about on the podcast. This is kind of how I expected our chat about this movie to, to go. Willie's Wonderland is a really, really fun movie. Nicolas Cage is cryptic and interesting. But there's not a, not a ton to say about it. I want to ask about Liv. So Liv is the only character he connects to in a real way. From the minute he sees her, he locks eyes with her and they have what seems like a connection. And again, this there's a spoiler. At the very end, um, she's the character who goes away with him in his awesome, cool sports car. Mm -hmm. um, as if he's taking her under his wing in some way. Yeah. What do you think that connection is? And is she the same as whatever he is or something different he's bringing kind of up to become the new one of himself? Yeah, he's, he's he, uh, it really seems like he's just gonna teach her to become him. And then you could see like a movie, you know, I don't know how many years from now. And then like, she's that person who goes to the new place and destroys all the robots. Maybe think of like the Avengers movies slowly building up the crew you know the you know iron man eventually meets captain america and they eventually meet some other characters hang out with thor and then yeah you know, uh tony stark builds the vision and all this and then suddenly they're this group i almost imagine as being like this this hint at a sequel which i think would almost be more fun to have uh that character have Liv be the lead character in one of these movies because it play it would play so strongly against type, right? I mean, one thing is we're we're used to seeing like this very macho looking man like Nicolas Cage. Cage looks fantastic in this movie, by the way. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. old he is. He's got to be in his fifties. 
Uh, it makes me feel good about like aging. <laughs> yeah, because he's buff and he's strong and he he's born in 1964. So he's 57 years old, but he's got the body of someone in his 30s, right? Yeah, it's just, and plus he is, he's like got that ageless face too, which, you know, helps. Although sometimes I don't like his facial hair, but I, I think it works in this one. He's grizzled in the right way, right? Yeah. So you can absolutely see him becoming kind of like this mentor to the other character and kind of take taking the Emily Tosta character under his wing and then them fighting something else big and evil in the next movie. Well, by the way, the very end of the movie, uh, that girl, weird, like Peter Panish, like animatronic girl that's actually like, looks more human than anything. It's just a human with a mask on. Siren <laughs> Sarah. Yeah, she gets away. If you, if you look really closely, she blows up the car with the two guys in it, uh, which is the owner of the place and that douchebag in the beginning. And she like flies off the back, but she doesn't get, doesn't seem like she gets blown up. I was wondering if she got blown up. So you don't think she I, did? I think you slow, slow the frames down and I don't think she did. I think she jumped backwards. So okay. that's, that's a very easy one to, to do another movie of. Mm -hmm. And, but here, here's a, let's finish up this thought about indie films too, because this brings up the cost of the movie. Earlier you said like, you know, I'm going around finding all these indie movies and bringing them to you, which we'll talk about on another episode. But, um, and you mentioned something like $50,000. Didn't you say that just now? It's just a number I threw out there. I know because guess how much this movie costs. I know. Don't look it up. Guess how much this movie costs. I was going to guess it's like a million dollar movie. Five million. Okay. But still to me, I go, it still seems a lot, right? Like each actor, is it because of the actors and Nick, he didn't take too much money because it's his production company. $5 million seems like a lot. Yeah. But then I eat, people listening who make movies or like who have worked on a set probably are like, you're an idiot because it costs a million dollars to do anything. I just don't understand where the money goes. Like I, I'd love to figure it out because there is so much amazing stuff done on YouTube, not to compare totally, but you know what I mean? I'm just wondering $5 million. I guess they had to build all those animatronic creatures and do the practical effects with them blowing up. They had to get the cars. They had to find and build that building. I guess I can see it. I mean, yeah, I guess the animatronics. It's true. So that, that's the other question then. So how does a movie like that make money? Like, is it going to get $5 million worth of downloads at $20 a piece? Maybe so. $20 a piece. And what's the, do we, can we look up what Netflix is? Oh, this is not Netflix. This is just oh, on VOD. demand. On Amazon at, for $20. Right. Oh, yeah, it was $20. There's another interesting talking point. These VODs we're talking about, they range all over the place from rentals being $5 like it normally used to be in the store to a rental being $10 sometimes or $15, just a rental because of what reason? You know, no reason. And yeah. then some like this one or a couple others, they're up to upwards of $20, or sometimes they make you buy it. Have you seen that? Well, if I'm going to spend $20, I would rather own this. Although, right, but sometimes they don't give you the, the option. They're like, either A, you have to rent it and it's $15, B, you have to own it and it's $20. You know, it's just all over the place. Yeah, I felt some, I did, I felt sticker shock on it. I really, I was really hesitating. And I'm like, well, we agreed to watch it. It's not a big deal, but especially because like, 
lot of people don't have jobs right now. Yeah. And how are you going to get people to, to watch your movies if you're going to charge so much for them? Like $5 for a movie, that's different. That's a good point too. Yeah, go ahead. And I kind of justified as saying, okay, if I went to the movies and maybe paid for parking and got some popcorn, it's more than $20. Yeah, but then right sitting right next to Nicolas Cage's Saturn Films produced Willy Wonka, <laughs> Willy Wonka, Willy's <laughs> Wonderland is Wonder Woman, which is free on HBO. And then there's another movie that's like just as big, like a comedy, which is like $6.99 and a budget of $10 million. I don't, it's just a weird landscape. It seems random. Was it like this before COVID? I wasn't paying that much attention. It was, it was, because this is this has been my jam, which is what I wanted to bring to this podcast. Is like this in-between area where I've kind of lived for a long time before the pandemic of downloading indie films or big films that are just on rental only. And it's just been my jam forever. Like, I don't know, last three, four years. And it, the prices have always been sporadic. It's one of these things where the market is driving the price. I suppose that's in a way, it, well, it's creator driven and not, studio driven as indie material they should charge whatever they feel like they should charge for it i guess i know but something's going to have to happen because like you said is willie's wonderland going to make any money 20 dollars a piece and a oh, how many people have to get it to make their money back 20 is 250,000 but amazon takes a cut too wait 250,000 people 250,000 paid downloads worldwide uh, twenty dollars a pop gets them five million. Yeah, that's not including any extra fees like Amazon fees or. They're Apple not going to get that. So realistically, <laughs> more like half a million people need to download in order for it to make a profit. They're not. That's it's not, not going to happen. Well, that's. But they they price it like that for a reason, right? I don't know. This is why I'm bringing it up. I'm, I, this won't be the last time I'll bring it up. We'll probably talk about it again. But like, it is weird, and I, you saying it, I forgot that I that this one was one of the more expensive ones because I just rented a couple other movies and they were like eight bucks each. And this wasn't a buy, right? It was a rent, it wasn't buy? It was a rent, not a buy because I, I, I couldn't buy it. In fact, it's going to expire the next half hour or something. Yeah, which really freaking annoys me. That is weird. Yeah, I think I've definitely, I've definitely bought some and it, it made more sense. Um, because I might want to go back and check it out again or something. But well, anyways, I, I, I mean, I could get it another way in air quotes. Mm -hmm. We all have other ways to get stuff, but I feel like I was giving some money back to the production company. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Like if there's something like I was waiting for this for a while, cause I, I liked the concept a lot and I'm glad I, I really do want to support Saturn films. You know, if I can get more weird movies like this, uh, I would say though in the middle, just to finish up, talk about the movie, yeah. At some point, they did a couple of things they didn't need to do. Like, I think the, the couple having sex is so old school. And I know they're doing it because it's like old school, but it just felt like even out of character for the characters. Like, it didn't, it seemed out of left field. And that character, um, the, the girl was just such a stereotype, too. Yeah. And I, teenager I, and the short shorts or a short skirt. And the guy makes the comment when she's climbing up the ladder, like, don't look up her butt and all this. Like, don't need that. Yeah, it just, all the other characters, like, okay, one guy's kind of like, likes the live character and he's kind of nerdy or whatever. And then the other characters are kind of just there, really. 
um yeah i just didn't like those two like that it just seems so on the nose the other one i didn't like is right when they start like the shit starts hitting the fan and they kind of get split up that feels like community theater or something like why they have to split up like the fact that he goes to the corner of the wall one guy and one guy just gets killed all of a sudden it all just felt like really badly paced didn't you feel like that yeah it really drags when i think it really drags when nicholas cage isn't in the movie yeah because it's like they're just walking around it seems like yeah they were basically just waiting to die like i never felt like they had any chance to survive never felt like they were in any way like playing with the cliche at all like that that was my biggest frustration with this movie it's like very straight up and down exactly what you expect from a movie like this right cage never varies from his character like you get him in the first 10 minutes you know he's gonna kick all kinds of ass he's gonna win in the end right the all the supporting characters i mean they, they don't even have names they're just basic when I mean, they have names but they're chris kathy dan bob willie you know they're just they're just names you know, they have with a couple of personality types. There's nothing more to them than that. I actually thought the the uh, animatronic creatures were more interesting because at least they had like some attributes. Like I like the one the, the uh, what's the alligator who speaks Spanish. At least that was something. Oh, that was funny. He's like, no mas, no mas, no mas, yeah. and he's getting hurt. I also like the one animatronic who said who tricked the nerdy kid. And he was like, she's like, I think it's a she. She was like, I can show you. Wait, did she talk about angels? She talked about like another place. I can show you the other world, she says. Yeah. And I was like, the is this going to. Let me show it to you. That was the turtle, I think. Man, I was, was hoping that, that she was actually going to show him something, though, you know? Yeah, she was also saying something interesting about how you present yourself. I'm not who I seem to be. Uh, there's more to me than meets the eye. I'm, I'm yeah. complicated. I change. Like that could have actually led to something really interesting too. Yeah. Like maybe the guy who she stalks is trans or, you know, conflicted about his personality, sexuality, whatever it might be. It still wouldn't be like the, the that much of a variation against cliche these days, but at least it's different. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that, did you ever see Mandy? his Nicholas Cage's film it's I mean it's not his film he was actually just starring in it um yeah. it's a Swedish director it is dark it is beautiful I love I can't think of the guy if you could look it up real quick the uh, director is he makes gorgeous films it's a disturbing movie um I don't normally watch movies like that but it had him in it and I love this director that is what we're talking about when we talk about this turtle character like maybe switching up the movie and, and talking about esoteric stuff and weird shit uh and you know questioning yourself like mandy that movie is all that like it's like intense violence but also like really weird trippy shit and then this is like tropes but like a little bit of the, the cult stuff in it it's almost like they could have went a little bit more i think with the the trippy stuff the director is panos costumos yes oh he's crazy uh if you want to like if you're in a you have to be in a safe mind space to to handle one of his films but that was a really i really did like the movie i think at some point nicholas cage swings a motorcycle around i think he actually does oh wow yeah this reminded me a little bit of nicholas cage and ghost rider too yeah yeah this is um just more about of an art, his art beat, film just about this a similar character you know 
Well, yeah, watch the trailer later in its entirety. It's more of an art film, but okay. anywho, I just think that's that's my main uh, takeaway with this movie is, yes, I enjoyed it. It was like a popcorn movie. You just kind of like have fun at like what's going to happen next. You know, people are going to die. You know, Nicolas Cage is going to kick ass. But I just wanted to go a little weirder or like yeah. a little, like add something else besides that. We're going to have sex in that room and going to get killed. Next time we'll pick something different, something more yeah. complicated. That's fine. It's all good though. That's the thing. Like there's just so many movies out there. And I think that people should watch, um, you know, different services and platforms for the, the VOD of video on demand movies. Cause there's a lot of interesting stuff. We're talking about Willie's Wonderland with Nicolas Cage where he kills robots. It's better than that. I mean, a few things probably, but There's probably quite a few things better than that. Yeah. But if that's what if that's what you want to watch, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was I did too. It was a good movie in that it was fun and entertaining. I'd give it maybe three stars. Oh, I'm not doing star. Are we doing stars in this podcast? No, I'm just saying, uh, you know, I think it's that kind of level of movie. Is it three out of five? Is what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's it's like I, in the right in the middle. I joined Letterboxed which is the social media platform for film geeks. Mm. I've been rating my movies on there and yeah, it's a solid average, you know? I'm enjoying it. I, I'm glad I watched it. Thanks, Carlos, for joining me this week. So as you know, we're kind of doing a rotating co-hosting sort of thing for the show. So um, looking forward to talking to you, to you again next month. What I love about when we talk movies together is like you have the same feeling that I do, like, I don't care what I watch. I just want to watch something interesting and different. You know, yeah. like, the same as my love for comics. I like anything that's going to shake me up, shake me up in a way, make me think and feel in a way that movies uniquely make you think and feel. Yeah, they so, capture uh, your attention and they bring you into this world and it's, it's, it's really awesome. So yeah, I'll be excited to talk about another movie with you very soon. Oh, thank you.